Hello and happy Wednesday, everybody. First things first, I gotta say is, how about the Miami Heat? My Miami Heat take game one over the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, 118-107. to um, Not gonna lie, I was sweating. I was sweating the game. I felt like that uh, that video, that kid, not gonna lie, that had us in the first half. I really thought, man, this is gonna be. We're really gonna give them game one in our own in our own home court. We're gonna give them game one without Al Horford, without Marcus Smart. It shouldn't even have been that close. If we hadn't had the third quarter, we had. I'm gonna tell you right now, Boston was putting in the work. They were putting in the work. Had they not slipped up, they had one bad quarter, and it was that third quarter. Where they got outscored 39 to 14. I mean, it wasn't even close. So it, you wonder had that that one quarter not transpired the way it did, we might be looking at a whole different scenario. So, but uh, they pulled it off. Jimmy, big time buckets, had a performance of like no other, doing what he does. Playoff Jimmy is something, man. That dude, you go back to the bubble and you, you rewatch that bubble uh, finals against the, 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 the Lakers. That dude will give you everything he's got. That's why I'm so glad he's in Miami because he is Miami Heat basketball. He is the brand ambassador of Miami Heat basketball. That's how we've always played. You come to Miami, you're going to come... And it's not about you. No longer about yourself. It's about the team. You, they're hard nosed, gritty, tough, knockout, drag out, just bad, bad guys. I mean, they are gonna take it to you, point blank. Period. So he he fits the bill with this team, and he couldn't be a perfect leader for this team because you see it with everybody else. This whole team gives you everything they got. P.J. Tucker's another one of them guys. You know, he scores five points. You think, oh, he's only got five points. He's not He's not a factor in the game. No, that dude's a factor. Defensively running around, setting screens, you know, getting him defensively. He's he's locked down. He's on Tatum. He's guarding the best guys. He's, he's not afraid to guard the best guys on the team. He'll help put his, his boots down and get to work. So they just, they're just a tough, gritty team. But you look at the Boston Celtics, they're not far from what we are either, right? You look at Boston – they don't care who you are. They're coming out and they're swinging. They're throwing haymakers. Jason Tatum, star, a star in this league. You cannot deny it any longer. He is a star. Some are saying superstar, which I, I really have no problem with. But he's he's got to he's got to earn it. And this is where this is where he earns it right here, right? And he comes out wins this series. He he leads his team past the number one seed Miami Heat. Yeah, you can't deny him a superstar. He gets to the finals and he can lead to a championship. He's a superstar, so I, I got no problem calling him a superstar right now. But I, to me, I think he's 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 one step away. He's definitely a star. You can't deny that. The dude's a stud. So they got a team over there, and they're missing Al Horford and and Marcus Smart. That's a big big factor for them. You know, you wonder they have Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Does this happen? The third does that third quarter happen if they have? Their defensive player of the year on the court. I don't know if they have Al Horford coming in. Al Horford, the last series was, was playing big time minutes for him. He he had his games. So that that changes the dynamic of this series. So 
And with Horford, there's no rushing him back because he, he's out with COVID. He's in COVID protocols doing whatever he's got to do to get past COVID protocols. So they, it was like a hours before the game, he had tested positive, so he, he was out. Marcus Smart, man, he's got a foot injury. So I don't know the timetable of that. But now you wonder them giving up the first game. Does that rush the timetable to bring him back? You wonder because they might say, yeah, we're going to need you because we can't go down 2-0. We just can't afford it against the number one seed. So we'll see how that, that plays out because had they had them guys, I don't know if they'd give up a third quarter like that. I really don't. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. You're talking about the defensive player of the year, and you're talking about a wily veteran in Al Horford who it was taking it, going toe to toe for a while with Giannis, and he's at age, I believe, 37. That's wild to me. I never thought he had that in him. So I give him credit for that. So we'll see. This is going to be a good series. It's going to be fun throughout. But uh, yeah, last night I was a little worried. I was a little worried the way that game was starting. I was like, oh, man, here we go. They're going to steal one Fall right off the, the rip. They, Miami's not ready for the punch in the mouth. You know, Miami had that l- longer layoff than Boston. So I'm thinking, oh, here we go. They're, they're just they're not ready. They took too much time off from how their series ended earlier. But they came back, and the, the defense was uh, on display with the blocks. Bam, with, you know, he, he had his blocks. He didn't score a lot, which is interesting. You know, he, he only had 10 points. He only shot four times. 37 minutes is only taking four shots, which I'd li- I like to see that number up for sure because he's huge. I mean, he's just an athletic big that really there's not much to his game he can't do. You know, he'll go out and defend a, he'll go out and defend Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You know, he'll go out and defend guards. But he can also be, a, as you seen last night, he's also uh, a defensive stopper. Uh, he had four blocks. Playoff Jimmy had three. I mean, that was just a performance like no other for Jimmy Bell. He's 17 from 18 from the free throws. You got to understand, he does get to a lot to the line a, a, a decent amount. I, he's never going to get back to the line 18 times again. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, then I don't see that happening. You can't factor that in a lot. So, because he's a guy, he didn't may even make a three. He gets the 41 points, doesn't make a three. You know, nowadays you're you're not he's not the flashy guy, you know, right? Now you gotta be the, the Steph Curry shooting and wiggling and no looking and you know what I mean? If you're not that the Lucas, everyone's talking about oh Luca and, and Steph and all these big names and Well with don't get me wrong, the credit's there. It's they they deserve all the hype, but you can get it done different ways. So playoff Jimmy's a he, he's proven. I, I obviously I'm a little biased, but I think Miami's going to win this series. That's my take on it. I, I see Miami winning this. It just depends on when Marcus Smart gets back. I could see, don't get me wrong. I could see Boston winning this series. But I think for them to win this series, they got to have Marcus Smart. He is such a, a vital piece to that team. Obviously, it goes without saying. He's defensive player of the year as a guard. So... It's, it's going to be interesting. This series is going to continue to be interesting. Um, Miami's with their the three-point shooting. You know, they can sometimes, they'll, they'll live and die with a three-point shooting. They were only 10 for 30 from the threes. So, I mean, uh, Vincent doing a nice job. He had he added in 17 points. You like to see that. Struess had a, he had a rocky, rocky start. And he bounced back, finished with 11, and put in three threes. So, you like to see that. Tyler Hero, he was an instant spark when he came in. I mean, he, he came in, he was hitting him with a little 
floaters, getting guys going. So I, th- I think that was a big key too. He kind of kept them going in the first half, where you thought, okay, this might get, this might be a, a runaway win for Boston in Game One already. He kind of, he kind of kept them going when he came in and and just had that. He just had the energy, right? Um, and, and I think he did a good job there, keeping them going. And then out of the course that third quarter, is just it's just a night and day thing, and Boston couldn't recover from, you know. 39 to 14. I don't know any team that's going to recover from giving up that kind of quarter like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how they return. We'll see. The big thing is for me, though, the big key for me is is when is Marcus Smart's timetable coming back? And obviously Al Horford, he's going to come back at some point when he gets cleared from COVID. Um, he's going to be a big piece, big piece too, because I think that's where Boston has the advantage is their bigs. Robert Williams. He was eaten early. He was eaten early. He had ten points, I believe, in the first half, and and he finishes with eighteen. So he kind of, you know, he tapered off a little bit. But they, if they got the size advantage, with other than Bam, you know, Dwayne Dedman, he's the backup center. He comes in and he gives you solid minutes, but he's not on uh, the level of a of Robert Williams. I think the size advantage for Boston is where they could really hurt Miami. So getting Al Horford back is actually going to be pretty huge too. So, you know, you got to see with them pieces coming back, what's the timetable? And you got to wonder if if Marcus Smart's even cl- close to being where he needs to be to get in, do they rush him and bring him back? Because you know, no one wants to go down 0-2. It's huge going down 0 going down 0-2 and you already don't have the home um, advantage, home court advantage. So we'll see how that plays out. To me, that's where it's going to be the difference maker is the timetable of those two guys coming back. And then, so transitioning now over to the West, tonight we get Mavs and Warriors. And I'm going to be honest, could have been more wrong about the Dallas Mavericks because I didn't think they stood a chance in hell to even get to this point. I really did. I don't, you know, and I don't know if anybody did. Other than Dallas, you know what I mean? Because when you look at that, at those two teams, the Suns and the Mavs, you look at both those teams. It was really like it was Luca, and he had he had these guys around him that that could pop off, but it was like the role players weren't always showing up. You know what I mean? So it was like, uh, can you rely on that? And it's like, okay, so you got Luca as a as a by himself with a couple guys that might show up versus a team in the Suns who DeAndre, they got the big guy. They got the big dominant bruiser guy down low. They got Chris Paul, the Wiley vet who is arguably one of the best point guards in the NBA that we've seen ever. But man, his track record in the playoffs is like yikes. It's time after time if he's not injured, he's just letting them down and by no means I don't want to be like you know all these people that are just dogpiling on Chris Paul because it's just an easy thing to do right now I like Chris Paul awesome point guard I think he's he's one of the best point guards but he has this track record now where he just cannot get over this this playoff hump and there's no reason that that Mavericks team should took it to him like that especially the way it ended I mean you got Devin Booker who Chris Paul doesn't need to be your scorer. He could be your facilitator. He can get to a spot and do his thing and, and do what he needs to do. 
the pick and roll, DeAndre Ayton, that's his that's his game. His little mid range gets to his spot. But then he's got Devin Booker, his his guy that can score at will. He's supposed to be the big he's gonna do the heavy lifting. It should be him and DeAndre Ayton doing the heavy lifting, right? And then you got CP three. He's gonna be the guy that can keep that flow going where it's supposed to be. So that's why a lot of this has fallen on him, because he's supposed to be the leader of that team, right? He's the wily vet, the guy that comes in, settles down all the young guys, okay. You know, this is what we got to do, guys. And these these guys, let's not forget, they were just in the finals. Up 2-0 against Milwaukee last year, and then they lost it. So here they are in the Western Conference Finals against a Dallas team that, truthfully, had no business hanging with them as long as they did. And it's not like, it's not like the Suns just have three guys and then they have a bunch of schmucks playing with them. I mean, like, oh, yeah, they, they ran out of money, so they're just veteran minimum deals, all these guys. No, they got solid young guys. They got nice wing guys, people that can shoot. Cam Johnson, you know, they've got pieces. I like the pieces that they have. It's just, it just all fell apart. There was no reason on paper. It was like David and Goliath. It was, can Luka? It reminded me of when LeBron James, early in his career, took that, that Cavaliers team with full of who's, and, and took them all the way to the finals. Now, granted, I'm not saying that Dallas is that, because I'm going to tell you right now, one of my new favorite players is Jalen Brunson. That dude's a bona fide stud, and he's going to be a future stud in this league. That dude has a game like no other. Watching that man shoot the ball, I mean, he's just got a, he's got a beautiful jump shot, first of all, and he just plays he just plays grown man basketball. I mean, he was going down that last game when, when Luka was done. He, he was out, he's like, now it's my time. Now it's my time. And he was just going down, scoring it well. I mean, he could not miss. That guy, he, he's going to be something. So I'm not saying that the Mavs don't have no pieces at all because they have Spencer Dinwiddie. Let's not forget about Spencer Dinwiddie. He was supposed to be that, that he was supposed to be the Robin. But then when they made that trade, uh, he was supposed to be the Robin because, you know, Porzingis didn't work out. They ship him off. They bring in Dinwiddie. They end up getting Dinwiddie. Um, and he was supposed to be Robin. And he really, he's had now, late, late in the series, he's kind of shown, okay, what he should have been. Because in the first series, first part of the series, excuse me, he wasn't showing up. It was it was him, and then it was Luka, and then it was like nobody else. So, for me, I can't believe that the Mavs even got here. But they are here, and then you look over on the other side, and the Warriors, who... Uh, you know, they had their little slippage with, you know, I think they flirted a little too long with the Grizzlies as well without Ja. That shouldn't have lasted that long either. But they gave up that one the one game where they just got out of hand quick. Um, but they're the more experienced team. So, you know, with experience-wise, you've got to say you got to give it to the Warriors. They've been there, done that. You know, they've been through battles upon battles. You know, the Warriors-Cavs battles. You know, they, they've been... Test the time, but they're getting a little older. Clay is not the same. He's coming off that injury, and he, you know he's just—he has his moments. He's—he's he's now one of them guys where, almost like, definitely not to this degree, the degree as James Harden, because I don't think Clay is James Harden. He puts in the work, and I really don't think he's—he goes out there and gives everything he's got. But he's almost to that point where now he's like he's taking a step back after the injury. It's like. He can give you one of them nights where you, you, he reminds you of like what he was when he was just wild. But 
he's not the every night he's not gonna go out and it's gonna be splash bros just going off you know what i mean so they're getting older it's, it's just the nature of the beast they're an older team they they're by they've been through so many wars you know so i i really believe it to me is it's an experienced team versus a team that's trying to they're trying to work the rank work up the ranks um so with the Mavs, with this series to me, it's it's all about it's the same old song and dance. Who's gonna step up with Luca? And right now, uh, I mean, I'm loving Jalen Brunson's game. Spencer did what he's got to step up. Um, so I don't know who. To me though, who's gonna stop Luca? Who's guarding Luca? Are you putting Draymond on him? Because I think Luca's gonna work Draymond. He'll work him to death. Curry ain't gonna guard him. Clay, I don't think, can stand a chance guarding him. Who they got? Are they gonna put Kaminga on him? If it's gonna be Kaminga, I just, I just don't think anyone matches up with Luca very well. Which Luca's gonna be Luca, and he's gonna get his points. He's gonna do what he does. So you're gonna, you're gonna dare everybody to beat you. You're gonna dare the other guys. You're gonna dare, you're gonna dare Jalen Brunson. You're gonna dare. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know you're gonna dare these guys to do what what they're supposed to do. Uh, can they beat you? And to me, that's that's the whole story of this series. And uh, to me, that's the whole story of the Mavs. Anytime the Mavs go against anybody, who's gonna help Luca? Um, for me, I, I, this one's tough for me to be honest because I didn't expect these guys to be here. But now that they're here, it's almost like, uh, oh, okay. I kind of want to be, I kind of want to go go with them. So, yeah, I think these guys can do it. But part of me is like, the Warriors have been here. They've done it. It's it's it's, it's almost like Brady. It's like, at this point, you just don't bet against Brady. You never bet against Jordan in, in the playoffs. You just didn't. But with the Warriors, it's like, they kind of are starting to get that. You just don't bet against them. So, it, it, I'm gonna go out. And I'm gonna go on the limb here. I'm gonna give my prediction. I think game one. Mm, I think game one. Uh, well, I think Dallas comes out and they take one. I think they take game one. I think this series is a little more closer. Um, I just, I just have that feeling like the Warriors are just they're slowing down slightly. They're slowing down a little bit, so um, I'll, I'm gonna go on a limb here, and I, ah, this is tough, man. I don't. I, my gut tells me upset with Dallas, so I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna ride with it. I'm gonna take Dallas in this series. The only thing that scares me is who's gonna step up. But you know what? I love Jalen Brunson's game. I don't know if anyone's gonna have an answer for him. Um. If Dinwiddie can show out a little bit, you know he he steps up a little bit. I think those are the, the core guys there. Are are that's who you're going to be looking at right there. So um, I'm gonna go out and say that the Mavs take it. I'm gonna give the Mavs a series. Um, and I think that's gonna be a good one. I think the Heat Celtics is gonna be more entertaining. But don't get me wrong, this this series is gonna be entertaining as well. 
Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take the Mavs in this series. I don't know how many games. If I say six. I'll say six games. Mavs and six. I'm taking Mavs and six. Uh, that Call me crazy, but I don't know. I just feel like the Warriors are just... What they showed me against Memphis, and Memphis didn't have any stars. They didn't even have... What they did against... Um, excuse me. Memphis. And they didn't even have Ja. <sighs> that scares me. You're looking at Luka. Luka Doncic. I mean, he's just... There's a stud. So, you're telling me you you got an answer for him when you didn't have an answer for Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain? or I could, I could get it if it was job, but you were getting... You were getting dicey with with some guys that you shouldn't have got dicey with. So how are you going to respond when you got uh, these guys? And, man, it's been hard to win in Dallas. You, I go ask the Suns how hard it is to go win on the road in Dallas. So you take them to Dallas. I don't know if you boys aren't going to steal any, I don't think. You're not going to steal one in Dallas because, man, that, that gets rowdy in Dallas. That's a, that seemed like a fun environment to go I would love to go see a game, that experience that, because that seemed like a fun environment. So, that's where we stand there. It's going to be fun tonight. We're going to see. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think the, I think game one tells it all in this series. I think whoever can come out and and, and takes this game is going to really set a tone. Um, so, we'll see. I'm taking Dallas in six. All right, that's NBA playoffs. We're going to go to um, NFL. So, I talked about previously what I wanted to do with the... We're just going to rank. Do a little rankings. We're going to preview um, the standings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how I think the standings are going to fall this year. Super early. You know, finally, pretty much now we've got the rosters set for the most part. You might have some moving pieces here and there. You know, James Bradbury just went to the Eagles, which, you know, that, that, it seems like a big piece for them, and the Eagles seem like they're ramping up, and they're really going to try to swing haymakers with Dallas and, and try to give them a run for their money, so now that the, the pieces are kind of pretty much falling into place, we're, I'm going to give you, I think we're going to do once a week, um, that way I can have time to look at and, and really go through, so I really sat down and, and, and went through, we're going to start with the NFC North, um, and I'm gonna give you what I think how this how this year the, this is how the divisions are gonna fall out. So once a week, I think we're gonna start doing this, and uh, we're gonna start with the NFC North. And oh, first off, Bears fans are not gonna like what I, this at all. This is not gonna be fun for them because I got them coming in dead last. I I I'm being serious when I say this. I I think Detroit will edge them out. This year. And I'll tell you why. I don't like... I don't like, period. I don't. I, looking over what the Bears did this offseason, I don't know if I like one thing they did. I really don't. Okay, I, t- I take that back. Nagy. I'll give you... Matt Nagy, that was, I, getting, moving on from him was what they needed to do. That was like... He should have ripped that band-aid off a little bit ago. But they did make a smart move. And they got rid of, uh, you know, they got rid of Khalil Mack, traded him. They got a pick in exchange because, you know, they don't have no first round picks. So they, you know, they, they got recouped a second round pick. They were, 
Released Eddie Goldman, so they're getting a big piece of the D-line um, out. They didn't want to pay Allen Robinson, which... That's fine. That's fine. You don't want to pay Allen Robinson. You don't want to pay a receiver. But you got to have somebody, because I'm telling you right now, Darnell Mooney is not a number one. Brian Pringle is not a number one. And just because he was good with Aaron Rodgers, Amaron St. Brown is not a number one. So I don't like any of the things they brought in. And they went to the draft, and they uh, they signed... They drafted a guy from Tennessee who is more of a gimmicky guy, I would say. He run he ran a 4-3-1 uh, 40. I'm going to say it's Jones. His last name is Jones for, from Tennessee. And so this kid, he's not a number one receiver. Where are your receivers? Where's Justin Fields, Justin Fields' weapons? That's what I'm concerned with. He has no weapons. You didn't really do much for the offensive line that was big. So, you know, they signed Lucas Patrick. But other than that, I mean, you got to protect the guy. So you, you got a quarterback with no protection, no legitimate weapons. Don't get me wrong, like Darnell Mooney, I think he'll be good. Is he a number one? Absolutely not. Is he a number two? I don't even know if he's a number two. I think he's a great slot guy. I think he could be a number two. He could develop into a number two. He's, I don't think he'll ever be a number one. So you got no O-line, no receiving core, really. And 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 you're supposed to be judging Justin Fields? taking. This, you're supposed to be helping Justin Fields? Is this supposed to be taking a step forward? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't like any of the moves. I like Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. I thought that was a good pick. Um, and that was with what that trade with Khalil Mack they got from the Chargers. That's who they ended up using. So he'll be compared. You know, them two will be linked together now. Won't. But I, I thought they did some some things. If it was me, I'm paying Allen Robinson. Or you have to go sign somebody in free agency. You gotta you gotta make a move or draft a guy. I think that when they took a guy in the, you know, they doubled down on the defense and with their two second round picks, but. You gotta get the guy some weapons. You can't you can't be taking you know notes on fields and and evaluating him and he has no weapons and then he also has no line. Just because the guy can scramble doesn't mean I want to see the the bastard scramble every play. You know what I mean? It's like come on, you gotta you gotta protect the guy, or he's not gonna last. And then you're gonna put the blame. Oh well, that was a Justin Fields problem. He wasn't good. Well, it's not Justin Fields problem if you don't have nobody to throw to and nobody's blocking for. So to be honest. I think the Bears take a step back. I think I think the Bears and Lions flip flop from last year because last year Green Bay thirteen and four they won a division handily. It was an easy win, easy division. Minnesota eight and nine they lost a lot of games that really they could have won, uh, so they shot themselves in the foot a lot. Uh, Chicago at six and eleven, and then Detroit at three and thirteen, and then so moving into three, I have the Lions. So the Bears and the Lions are going to flip-flop. I think the Bears take a step back because they didn't do enough. I think they're in the rebuilding mode, and they're just not They're just not there yet. They're, they're adding a couple little pieces, and, you know, I just don't love anything really they did. I don't think it set them apart to, to go up, to move up anywhere, or to stay the same. I think they took a step back. So I have them at four. Moving into Detroit now, um, I, I really like what they did. I like the signing of DJ Chark. It seems to me like the Lions are kind of going all in to what they have now. I love I love the DJ Chark signing. 
I thought he was good. He's coming off injury. He only played four games last year, but he was a pro bowler in um, Jacksonville. That tells you something. In Jacksonville. He's a, a big, fast, strong guy. He's kind of like an A.J. Brown, but not quite as not quite as, as big. And So I think it's a good signing for them. You know, he's in 2018 Pro Bowl, he had 73 catches for 1,008 yards. That's 13.8 yards on average. So I love that. I love that signing by him, by them. Um, I like the signing. They signed Mike Hughes, cornerback. He was a former first-round pick. Um, he's only 25 years of age, so they bring him in. I think that's going to be a solid deal. They, you know, they've shown signs. He's shown signs of improvement. If you go and watch his tape um, last year, so I, I really love that move. Um, and really, they kept a lot of their core intact that they liked. And if you, if you go and look, they signed a lot of these guys to like one-year deals. So they're not breaking the bank. If, if some of these, really, it's going to be an evaluating year, I think, for Detroit. Because I don't think they believe in Jared Goff. They kind of made that trade um, just to see, hell, to take a flyer on Jared Goff. If he's good, he's good. I just, I've never been a big Jared Goff guy. I don't think he's that good. I think after this contract, he'll, he won't be starting anywhere. I think he'll be a backup. Uh, I think he'll, he'll tank. And he'll just end up being a backup. He's just one of them guys that he was in a situation, he looked good, and, and then he was just in the perfect situation. And you took you take the girly away, you take you know, you take the pieces away from him and you see what he is. So I just was never high on him. Uh, and you see what the Rams did. Stafford gets there and yeah, to the moon. They're gone. They win the Super Bowl. So I don't know. And I just I don't believe in that. So I think they're kind of just seeing what they have, and they're gonna have to figure out the quarterback situation somehow, some way. I I would like to see. I would like to see. This is this is out here, right? I, I would like to see them get a, a a Baker Mayfield. I think the Detroit fan base would go nuts for a Baker Mayfield because a Baker Mayfield, you seen what he gave to Cleveland. That guy's all heart, right? He loved that city. You, the, Detroit is just thriving for a, it's just a smell, just a, a whiff of winning, and and they just they just want to be good. I think I think that would be a future fit for them. Is they they should go in for a Baker Mayfield, but that, that I don't even know how how that would fit it or work out. But to me, I think that would that would be an ideal situation for them. But they're they're with golf now, so I think they're just kind of playing it, taking their time, see what they got. So, uh, with with the with the draft picks, you know, Aiden Hutchinson at number two. I think it's going to be a good pick for him. You know, uh, Michigan hometown kid, good feel story. I, th- I think, I think he'll do good for them. I think he'll re- he'll really be good for Detroit. So I, I love that draft pick. Um, then they take number twelve. They traded up twenty spots to get the guy they felt they wanted in Jamison Williams, the Alabama receiver. Uh, it, and. Ben Johnson, though, offensive coordinator for Detroit, said they love this guy. He feels like he can stretch the field and be electric. But the only question with him was he's coming off an ACL tear. So that that's the big what if story. That's the big eh. trading up for a guy. I didn't love I didn't love it. But that's that's what they felt was the move. That's the move they felt they want, the guy they wanted. They when they went up and got him. So I thought there was I liked a lot of the other receivers in the draft. I, I wasn't a big Jameis Williamson guy. I think he's got that. He's got the ability to be something, but the injury scares me. And a lot of times, it, you wonder. But, you know, these Alabama receivers, they come out and they produce. 
Alabama's a wide receiver and running back factory. Yeah, it's just it's all you take any one of them, they're all they're they're studs. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting. I, I think they did they did a good job. Really, they're doing a good job right now in Detroit. They're slowly doing what they need to do. They're not trying to hit the home runs in one year. They're not trying to go from three to thirteen to to win the division, right? Or three thirteen and one. They had a tie. You know, they're not going to be not playing hero ball, trying to go from zero to hero. So they're they're doing the right moves, taking the right steps in Detroit. I think they just got to figure out the quarterback situation, which they know they're in a situation where golf's under contract and they're paying them big money. Um, they can't just dump them off. So they're 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 fixing the pieces around it, and if if golf can actually prove to be what he is, then that's a win win. If not, okay, we know we need another quarterback, but we have the pieces around him to to solidify that. So I don't think it's that crazy to have Detroit over Chicago because I think both both teams right now right now Detroit's rising, doing the right thing, and I think the Bears are taking a step back, and I just I don't love it. So and then second, I'll, I have. Minnesota. I have Minnesota. I think it stays the same at the top two. I think Green Bay wins the division, and then I think Minnesota comes in second. But I think it's a lot closer. I think it's a lot closer. I think there's a scenario where the Minnesota wins the division, to be honest, because of some things we'll get into with the Packers. But um, um, with Minnesota, they're, they're making moves now. And like I said earlier, a lot of the games they lost were – you go back, they were games easily they could have won. Last second losses, you know, they gave it up. Just heartbreaking losses at the end, a lot of them. So one possession games, I think most of their games were one possessions, three or less or something like that. So with Minnesota, they went out. I love the Zedarius Smith signing. I thought that was great. They got Chris Reed. A guard, Jesse Davis. You know they got some offensive linemen, Austin Schlotman. They got some decent offensive linemen pieces, so they're bolstering the offensive line. They're not all going to be starters, but you know even you got to have in this NFL you got to have backup guys that can play, and you got to have guys that can move around, not just play a guard. You can play guard and center. You can play left tackle and right tackle and right guard. A lot of a lot of these offensive linemen now you got to move them around. You can't just have a guy that just plays one position a lot of times. You know, you got to have a guy that is versatile and can do different things. So, I give credit for them. You know, they went out and signed some guys and brought Patterson, Pat Pete in at the corner position to, for a one-year deal. I mean, he's it's not a big splashy play. He's not what he once was, but he, he's he'll give you some stuff there. Um, and really, they didn't lose too many pieces. They lost Michael Pierce, who wasn't even really producing for him. He didn't fit the scheme with them. Um... They lost Tyler Conklin at tight end. Really, that's not nothing. Nothing too bad. Um, and then a big signing too. I like the. I love the Jordan Hicks signing, linebacker from the uh, Cardinals. Um, I thought that was a great signing. Um, last three years in Arizona, he started all all the games he was in. Fifty-one consecutive starts. So I mean, he's a guy that's going to be there for you. You know what you're getting, and he's a really athletic guy. Really athletic linebacker that has a pretty good speed. Um, he flies around the field, and you just—he's gonna be there. Availability is the best ability, so uh, you love to have a guy like that. And in the draft, uh, Lewis Seen, uh, safety from 
Georgia, I thought that was a great pick. He's going to come in and he's going to do some good things. He's going to help out that defense. And I think he'll develop nicely into a, a great piece. Um, and they drafted Ed Ingram, um, another guard, another offensive lineman. Um, he was all SEC in 2012, so he came up and did a lot of stuff for him. I think he'll slide in and do some stuff for him. Um, so I, I just think Minnesota did a lot of good things, like Detroit. They did a lot of good things, and they didn't do any bad things. So I, I like I liked the moves they made. I think they're really putting themselves in. You know, they committed to Kirk Cousins, which a lot of people like to hate on Kirk Cousins, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this. I You know, I was like, eh, Kirk Cousins, I don't know. He's he's not splashy. He's not – he's like a, a – you know, he's like your dad out there playing. It's like, hey, dad's suiting up and going playing for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he's just a dorky little dorky guy. But he goes out there. You look at his numbers. He's he's he, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just not the big name. Nobody talks about him. With them. I think he can, he can go out and get it done. So, and let's not forget they're, they're not far removed from upsetting the Saints with the miracle catch. And and in the playoffs they had, I mean, let's not forget they're not that far away. So I think they have ability to take out Green Bay. I think I could see them win division, but for my money, I, the way I see it, I think Green Bay it's their division to lose. Truthfully, just like last year, I think there's no reason they should not um, run away with with their division. So and then going into Green Bay, uh, you know, they they pretty much stayed the same other than, you know, obviously the big move is Devontae Adams. You know, no Devontae Adams. Uh, the, their issue is the receiving core. Just like Chicago, they have no receiving core. I don't get what Green Bay's decisions were. Obviously, it's come out now that um, Devontae Adams was actually offered more money in Green, to stay in Green Bay than to go. Um, I think it was over the first few years is how that contract would have worked out. That he would have got more money with Green Bay than he did with the Raiders. Uh, clearly, he just didn't want to be there. He wanted to go play with the, the Raiders. And I don't, I, I can't blame him. Um, but other than that, I mean, really... They they re-signed Robert Robert Tunyon, which was a big piece for Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's he's outstanding. They got they retained Preston Smith. They didn't they you know they lose out on Zadarius Smith, but they keep one Smith brother. Um, they let go of, of Billy Turner, which was, I thought was kind of shocking. You know I thought he was a solid force inside for them, and really was a decent piece for them. I thought on the offensive line, but. They um, they let him go. Marcus Valdez Scantling. I have no problem with letting these other little pieces go, but when all you have is Alan Lazard and and Randall Cobb as as your guys, I'm sorry, but Randall Cobb is not viable just because he's been in the system. He knows he's he's not gonna he's not gonna give you much. He's just not. Uh, Alan Lazard. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's barely a th- number three. He's not a number two. So, but now he's not. Now he's your number one. So, I, I'm so confused with the wide receiving core in Green Bay. I don't get it. I don't know what, what they're doing there. Um, 
Now, obviously, they bring Darren Rodgers back to give him the Buku bucks. You know, they give him all that money, pay him great. That's great. Uh, I, I like the Javon Reed signing on the defensive line. I think that's a good piece. They bring back Devon J. Campbell, who has done a number for them since leaving my Atlanta Falcons. I love Devon J. Campbell. I thought he was a great piece that, that we let go, which we always seem to do in Atlanta. It's let go of our great defensive pieces. But that's no, neither here nor there. I think he's ratcheted up, and he's really found a home in Green Bay because he's been their, he's been their stud on defense. So I like that. And then they go and draft a guy in, in Quay Walker to play with him at the linebacker position. I think that's going to be a, a great piece for them. Um, and then it's just uh, for me, it's the receiving core. Uh, they brought they brought in they drafted Romeo uh, Dubes late from Nevada. He's a speed guy. He's going to be a, a burner piece. The one thing I do love, which is why I wish they would have kept Devontae Adams, because I thought this would have been even better if they had Devontae Adams as their number one. I love this Christian Watson guy. A wide receiver from North Dakota State. That kid, they say, say they say he had a little bit of drop issues. But if you go and watch, you need to go and watch this kid's tape. This Christian Watkins kids, I'm telling you right now, he's gonna be in the running for offensive rookie of the year. That's that's I, that's my I'm telling you right now, he'll be there for offensive rookie of the year. If if him and Rodgers can connect and and coincide and, and get together and and gel together, that kid's gonna be. A stud. Um, I just he's he's big. He's fast. I I, I love his game. I, I watch the tape, and he's just he's just amazing. I think the sky's the limit for that kid. Nobody's really talking about it, but I think that's that's one of the guys where if he links up with Rodgers and they they find a spot, he's gonna be another one of them guys. You know, Rodgers has always ever the years always had them guys. They don't draft first rounders, but they've had this thing where they get second rounders. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams. You know, you go back to the receivers. They have this thing for finding second-round talent, and I think it's more of a, a test on Aaron Rodgers. To me, when you go back and you look at guys like that, you know, Peyton Mannings, the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Breeses, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they can make guys that are, eh. They can turn those guys into, oh, who's that guy? You know, we're talking about that guy a lot. Well, Patrick Mahomes, you know. Well, these guys can do that where they make these guys look like better than what they are, and then you go and play for an average quarterback, and you're like, well, what happened to that dude? And, and a lot of times they come back. Like, yeah, I want to go back and be a stud with my, the quarterback that made me a stud. So a lot of times a quarterback can make somebody. So if he if he can link up with uh, Christian Watson, it's going to be nasty. But the only issue is who's going to be the other weapons? If he t- comes out and he starts balling, okay, double team him. Beat me with Alan Lazard. Well, so I'm sorry, Alan Lazard ain't, you're not winning with Alan Lazard. And I'm not trying to dog on Alan Lazar, but he's just not a number one. And he's not a number two. So, I just don't get what Green Bay was doing with the receiving core. Uh, letting everybody go. I mean, I would like to. I would love to have seen them bring back Marquez Valdez-Scantling if you're not going to bring back Devontae Adams. You're not keeping Adams. you got to bring back some pieces. I mean, I, you go and draft a guy, and then you, you draft another guy in the Romeo Dubes. I don't know if he's going to be a... a true receiver or if he's more of a gadget return guy. You know what I mean? He's just a speed guy. He might be one of them guys you stick in. He takes the top off the defense. He might be like a uh, Cole Harden type type of guy. It's more of what I see him. So that's what I got for the NFC North. So to recap, I got Chicago dead last, Detroit third, Minnesota second, and then Green Bay winning division. 
Uh, again, Green Bay and, and Minnesota. I think Minnesota could be definitely be uh, a wild card team for sure because um, they could have very easily done that last year. They just, again, they shot themselves in the foot. So it'll be interesting to see how that division, I think it's a two-team race the whole way. Um, I just, maybe Detroit gets sneaky good if, if, if golf starts balling out, but uh, I don't see it. I don't, I don't buy into the Jared Goff thing. I just don't, I just don't see it with him. <clears throat> so that, that's where I got the NFC, NFC North coming out. And then uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. I got something. Um, I seen John Jones calling out in UFC news. John Jones calling out. Um, he said he wants. Uh, he wants Blahovich. So, I think that would be definitely be interesting. Instead of a, a Dominic Reyes, he wants a Jan Blahovich. But you know, I want I want to see him in the in the heavyweight. They, they said he's getting he's he's about there for the heavyweight, but now he's talking about uh, Jan Blahovich over a rematch with Dominic Reyes. And don't forget, Reyes was a guy that almost. Almost took it to him. I thought he was going to upset John Jones uh, way back when when they had their fight. So that was a fight I remember watching and thinking, oh my, John Jones is about he's about to get beat. This guy that can't lose is going to get beat. So if he's going to do the, the light heavyweight fight uh, and Jan Blahovich, I, I that's going to be a fight. So... Uh, over a Domin- I'd like to see that over Dominic Reyes fight because I think Dominic Reyes is taking a step back. But I want to see him in heavyweight. I, I obviously want to see him in heavyweight. I think that's where that it'll be fun. You know, he's, he's he gave up the title and he wants to go up and do heavyweight. So it'll be interesting to see that. And then, and now there's I just little bits and murmurs about uh, Charles Oliveira and maybe luring him back, luring back Khabib and. If he can get back Khabib, that's gonna be one of the biggest fights. I'm telling you right now, that that'll make so much money for the UFC. I know Dana White is is kind of like, oh, you know, he's hoping that happens. So because it just came out, Daniel Cormier said he sees a scenario where he can draw out Khabib, and Khabib's kind of come out and said it, it wouldn't be a fight. He, he's he's saying it's I would I would destroy. Oliveira. So he don't, he's not giving Oliveira a chance, but oh, that's a fight I'd like to see. I would really like to see that fight. So I don't know. Is Khabib done? He said he's you know he's he's called he said he's done. He's been a man of his word so far. But man, that's a fight. If you're gonna make uh, if you're gonna bring Khabib out, bring him out. But if they're gonna do it, don't wait. Please don't wait. Don't stall and stall and stall and wait till it's you know where they did with Floyd and Manny and. By the time we got the Floyd Manny Pacquiao fight, it was like we don't even want to see it now because it was too late. It was, you know, Floyd took so long on that deal and Pacquiao took so long. It was like, ugh, now we don't want to see it. So if they do it, they need to get it done. They need to do it right. But I think that'd be awesome. Um, Khabib, it's hard to go against Khabib. You're talking about to me the, the goats. It's a tie. It's a tie, and it's and there's nobody else. But it's a tie with Khabib and John Jones. One guy's undefeated. No, ain't no one touched him. And John Jones should be undefeated. And he had that one fight where he... What, go back and just look at his loss. It, he didn't lose. <clears throat> so, you got two goats. 
right? And and if they can get Khabib out, ooh, him and Charles Oliveira, that's a fight, man. But I, I want to see John Jones and in the heavyweight. I want to see him in Francis Ngannou. That's the fight to make in the heavyweight. And if you can get Khabib, that's the fight to make there with Charles Oliveira. Now with this whole deal, you know, wait till he's the champion. Let him get another fight. Let him get the championship. Get the title. And then, boom, Khabib. Him and Khabib. I want to see it. I don't know. That's that's the thing. Unless they're just not going to have him get the, you know, Khabib versus him champion. And then Khabib retires. Gives it back up. I don't know. How, how would you do that? But I, I'd like to see it. Make it happen. They got to make it happen. So... That wraps up Wednesday. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, go out there and conquer the rest of the day. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. I love y'all. Peace.